On this episode of Jaded Wrestling, we watch a man's face explode. Hold one! On Hi, I'm Will. I'm Taylor. And this week, we dive into a forgotten gem known as Armageddon 2006. Just like last week, this pay-per-view is a total bloodbath, but before we get into the event, though, we just want to take a moment to talk about some things going on in the camp. So, we do have a big announcement coming at the end of the month, so I want you guys to stay posted on that. We're going to start doing live stream reviews after current events, starting with Survivor Series. And we're now affiliates with Superkicks Apparel, so go check them out and use code JadedRasslin when checking out, and you will get a discount. We're going to have a Discord going live alongside the event list we've been talking about, so keep an eye out for that. So, yeah, first and foremost... Kane versus MVP in an Inferno match. Oh, man. The smell of burning flesh. It was great, dude. Do you think this is great? I loved it. I loved every second of it. <laughs> so what's the gimmick? How do they do it? Did you figure it out? What do you mean? Is Did he really get burns from this? Did you figure it out? Oh, man. I didn't have the time to actually research. Damn it, damn it, damn it. But Will. it's definitely a guy controlling the pyro. Because you can tell like after a lot of bumps, the flames will go well, up. Well, yeah. Definitely in the ring. It's definitely controlled, but what I want to know is how they get away with the insurance companies telling them they're going to set a man on fire. That is a great question. So what we're going to do is we're going to take Porter and we're going to set him on fire. And the insurance company's like, what? Maybe Vince pulled an action park type deal and he was like, hey, I'm going to make my own insurance company and I'll insure the stunt, you know? That's about the only way it works. I'll tell you who was not happy with it, JBL. Yeah, JBL <laughs> was not having it one fucking bit. He said, this is a travesty. These guys are setting men on fire in here. And I just can't believe this. Where I come from, this just wouldn't happen. Yeah, he was not having it. <laughs> and he, upset. if he had it his way, he would fire whoever was in charge of putting that match together. And he was trying to find out, too. At one point, he's like, who put this match on? Is this Teddy Long? Teddy Long should be fired. But at the end of the day, I do have a lot of questions with the booking of this pay-per-view. But we'll get on to that in a few minutes. So, yeah, this match was crazy. And they didn't even wrestle in the ring half the time. Like, at one point, they both, like, flew like an eagle over the flames <laughs> to the outside. Eagle. And then started fighting outside of the ring. And there came to a point where Kane just grabbed my guy Porter by the throat. And slapped him up up to the fire. And they let him run around the ring like a chicken without his head. You ever see those videos of those dudes catching on fire with, like, pies out of ovens? And they're just like, ho, ho, ho! And then they're just all the way on fire. That was MVP. Like, he starts out one point, he's just like, oh, my God, I'm on fire! Ah! And JBL's like, oh, man, he's on fire. Let's just sit here. Yeah. <laughs> Until someone had the great idea to finally get some fire extinguishers and put my guy out, he could have died. I think you have to let him get to the like, Vince was probably like, let him get to the staircase, let him get to the staircase. He's there, put him out. And you can see the like video guys just coming up on him, taking pictures and everything like that. It's like, <laughs> dude, what the hell? What are you, who thought this out? But I did like the match, so uh, who can I really be that guy? It was fine. And, uh, does this grow in? When you look at the annals of Kane's history, I know I just said annals of Kane. Repeat it. When you look into the annals of Kane's history, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the annals that's of Kane's not, history. That's not a. Annals is the, the history of his matches. Like the annals, like, you know, you look in the books, it's like the recorded history of something you don't know what an anal is no it's not anal it's anal a-n-n-a-l okay anal let's roll with that all right enjoy your vocabulary i know i used to be a spelling champion in second grade i got second who but they were doing fourth grade words so just you know 
Like, <laughs> the game was rigged from the start, baby. <laughs> Look at you, you little overachiever. But yeah, back to the annals. So, in the annals of Kane's history, I feel like this does not go on the top of the list. Of any top body's top. It's not in the top 20 of anybody's favorite Kane matches. This is my favorite Kane match. How dare you? You on some bullshit. The Red Machine. Dan. Is that his name? Is it Dan? No. It's not Dan. No. What's his name? Fuck. Glenn. Yeah, it's Glenn Jacobs. Golly, why did I say Dan? Where did I get Dan at? Who? Where did you get Dan I at? I don't even know a wrestler named Dan. I was trying to think of one, but I don't have one. Dan Severn. Bam. Damn. There you go. Yep. So what were we talking about? The annals? Yeah, the annals. Okay, anyway. So yeah, I just don't feel like this is like the best Kane match. Like It was fine. It was just kind of like they were riding the gimmick really, really hard with the flames. Like you said, the pops were stupid. And obviously fake. That wasn't your favorite part of the entire match? That slam's a real match. I honestly just thought like this was just kind of a bullshit match, to be honest. And JBL is mad annoying in this. Like, <laughs> like I honestly... He was offended, man. I was tired of him by the end of this. And honestly, like, shitting on Jerry the King Lawler for the last few months, like, I honestly missed him. JBL's the worst. No, I would take JBL over King any day. King's d- is annoying. For sure. And he always says things. He's like your uncle at a cookout. So is JBL, though. Especially the older he gets, he's even more, like, out there. I feel like he's, like, trying to, like, be too nice all the time, though. He's like, oh, why is he on fire? That's terrible. Just shut up, dude. You knew he was going to be on fire. Eat shit. No, dude. He's he's the guy who roots for the guy that shouldn't be rooted for. That's his So he's the JR. No, he's the... He's the heel commentator, but like you know, so he's always very sympathetic for all the like bad guys or the yeah. Heels. But in this one, or the ha- it's kind of weird because if this was if this was King in this match, oh, he'd love the fire. No, he would not at all. I think he would have. I think he would have been on board for the fire. He'd be like, yeah, fire! All right, <laughs> shoot him like a twelve year old. Yeah, he's like, did you see that? It's fire! Whoa! <laughs> Don't get any fireworks out here! It'd be a big explosion. <laughs> He'd probably say something about, like, cooking hot dogs on him or something. He'd be like, let me get the hot dog. I'm going to cook it on his burning body. It's like, dude, come on. I hate that you're so right. <laughs> Damn you. Hey, Killings just won the 24-7 title again. Shocker, shocker, shocker. <laughs> we get a useless promo with Teddy Long and all the divas of the brand sexualizing them. Classic WWE. <sighs> and it sets up our skip the match way later. Yeah, we're definitely, that was awful. There is no wrestling involved, and honestly, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, we're just not gonna we're not gonna do it like, at all. What does that do for me? Th- who are they selling that to? That's what I want to know. Who that, is the person that they're selling that to? Every is t- it selling it to older men, or is it selling it to teenage boys? I don't even know at this point. But every time we go back and watch these older pay per views, and it has these ridiculous matches, I'm just so not good on it. I remember a couple of weeks ago, you just wanted to laugh about it, but. In the same respect, I think there was like pudding involved, so I can understand why you. That's hilarious. Weird. Still to this day, <laughs> it's really, really funny. You're just me. still on that pudding train. It's funny as fuck. It always is gonna be. That's hey man, you do your pudding life. But lifestyle. this, on the other hand, is not. Okay, you know what's also not funny? The next match. It's that ladder match. The thing about this match was it's a just traditional tag team match between London and Kendrick. Versus William Regal and Dave Taylor, right? Teddy's doing a lot in this. Dude, I don't know how I feel about this because Teddy comes out and he's like, hey, no, this is not going to happen. Teddy's like, going to make it a ladder match and going to throw two other tag teams in the mix. Going to throw Eminem, going to throw the Hardy Boys. And yeah, that's cool and all, but they took it from like a traditional match, which would have been a nice little fun banger, to this crazy accident-fueled nightmare train. It was definitely... And last week, Jeff Hardy jumped off of a ladder on a cage. And this week, I felt like he was doing more stupid shit. Let's just cut the shit. Joey Mercury got murked. His face exploded. There was blood everywhere. All this blood got on, like, other people. Like, I remember seeing Brian Kendrick come up, and he had, like, his blood on him, like, on his hair. It was rough, dude. When he got hit in the ring, like, there was, like, two intense spots immediately from where he just, like heaved blood all over the place yeah no and it was all over the place and it was not nice at all like and he was rushed out immediately and like from what i or he had a broken nose and he had like cuts to his eyes and shit and 
I remember afterwards, he would wear this face mask on SmackDown for like weeks after and it like rolled into his gimmick. But yeah, no, it was not pretty spot at all. And that was the last time you've ever seen anything like that in WWE for good reason. Right. But yeah. I mean, I guess you got to te- test the boundaries. Things can always happen that you're not. It was an accident. You know what I mean? It wasn't a meant to happen thing. And, you know, it probably just nipped him where it shouldn't have nipped him. Mm. And it happens. The same thing with Mick getting his ear taken off by the ropes. You know what I mean? Well, and that's These what things are going to happen. And you have the Hardys coming in and putting on a spot clinic because that's what they do in ladder matches. And that's why they were added to it. So this is something I want to do, do with this. Do you feel match. like there was just too many people in the ladder match or. I want to dissect why this became a ladder match. So like we were talking about, you had a traditional two-on-two tag team match, and now we're coming out, we're adding this crazy stipulation, we're adding two other tag teams. They aren't even on SmackDown, are they? I think some of them were on SmackDown, some of them weren't. I'm pretty sure Jeff Hardy and Matt were on Raw. Well, John Cena was also on Raw, and he was in the main event as well. So I feel like at some point the commentators were like talking about mixing brands and shit. Yeah, no. Did we do it because we didn't think that match was going to pull ratings? Was it the plan all along? Like, what was going on? Maybe I don't know who that other guy that's wrestling with William Regal is. To be honest, he was like somewhat popular at the time, but I mean, he wasn't anyone who's going to go down in the Hall of Fame unless right. it's, they're running real thin one year, I guess. And honestly, I don't like those other two guys either that started the match. Oh, you don't love I'm not John? In, I'm not into Paul London, and I'm not into Brian Kendrick. Dude. This is two weeks in a row I've insulted Brian Kendrick, and two weeks in a row he's bored the fuck out of me. Was he? Yeah, he was in uh, yep. TNA lockdown. I didn't like him in that, and I don't like him in this. Two in a row. I The third strike is the last strike. If I see him in another match and he sucks, I'm never going to forgive him. Oh, dude, he's your favorite wrestler. Don't even lie to them. And I don't know who that Paul London is, but I'm good on him as well. So Brian Kendrick and Paul London were a tag team back in the day. But why do you think that that match happened that way? I think it was like... They're boring as fuck without Jeff Hardy and Eminem and Matt. Sorry, I should have just said the Hardys. Uh, that's disrespectful to Matt, who just put on some of the best shit I've ever seen. Yeah, no. We'll get to that in a little bit, Oh, though. I know we will. I know we will. Yeah, oh, man. It was that so was great. You didn't want to watch that at all. Well, I just... It's just... I'm not super in AEW yet. I'm kind of coming around, man. You should Slowly be coming but surely. around. I'm coming around. Coming around. It's just a lot to take on. With everything. You know what I mean? Because now I'm invested in a TNA as well. <laughs> so it's like TNA kind of has my heart right now. Does it have your heart? Yeah. Is that your favorite? I know that that's not a real popular choice, but I really enjoy it. I love the hokiness of it. You know what? Screw all the haters. I love the hokiness. I can't help it. Yeah, I think it was one of the situations though where they didn't think they were going to pull numbers. The pay-per-view card was kind of underwhelming as is, and they are like, we need something to to really pop ratings. And that's where you get that ladder match. So Armageddon is a SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view. Yes. So it was at the time, you know, Raw had its own pay-per-views. SmackDown had its own pay-per-views. It's not the Super Show pay-per-view situation that we have with the current brand split. Yeah, it was like each branch had their own exclusive pay-per-views. That's interesting. But yeah, I probably could see that it was the most underwhelming match on the card. And they were probably just trying to... Spice juice, it up. Juice it up a little bit. Yeah. Throw a little salt on it. Because it was a really last minute thing. I don't I wish I could have read the dirt sheets like I had the time to see if that was something that was planned all along. Because well, it definitely wasn't worked the best way it could have been worked. Because there was definitely a lot of spotty spots. Yeah, it looked like it was a last minute thing and they had a lot of freedom in it because they were like, Hey, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy are the veterans, they'll guide you in the right way. And uh yeah, they fucked Joey Mercury's face up. Yeah. Accidents happen, man, though, again. There's things where you're like, that's unsafe, and there are things that's like, okay, he's trying something crazy, and it didn't work out. But yeah, so it was a decent match for what it was. There was a lot of cool spots, but there was a lot of dangerous spots, and obviously someone got really hurt. Brian Kendrick and Paul London, despite Taylor hating them, won. And it was one of those weird finishes where you have all these people putting ladders in the wrong spots. That's one of my other big things I hate about ladder matches is when they take a ladder and they clearly don't put it under the title. And then they're trying to reach from like 10 feet away. It's like, bro, what? You knew this was going to happen. Yo, something that is interesting about this match, though, I was rooting for John Morrison by the end of this. Because he was the underdog at that yeah, point. Yeah, because but it doesn't ever happens where it's John Morrison is the guy I'm rooting for, so it's weird because of the circumstances of his partner getting actually hurt, 
and like everything working out where he's just playing by himself that I'm actually on John Morrison's side. Are you are you coming around to John Morrison or you're no, Morrison? But I guy? don't have an issue with John Morrison. He's he does his thing. His thing is what he does, and he's good at it. But he's a heel. And he's meant meant to be there to, for me not to like him. That's the point. Yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. So it comes to a point where uh William Regal and Brian Kendrick are like duking it out on a ladder. And Brian Kendrick kills William Regal with like a reverse neck breaker type deal, giving Paul London the chance to like climb the ladder real quick. Like, and Matt Hardy was up there, you know, they had a little battle. Paul London needed Matt Hardy and grabbed the title real quick. And you had everyone else like coming up to the ring. They didn't do any of that shitty, like, let somebody climb the ladder while I slowly climb the other side shit, though, either, though. So that made me happy. No, I was thankful for that at least. All right, Taylor, so before I realized we had that Divas match, this was potentially going to be the skip to match just because of how you short this match is. disrespect but... the boogeyman like that in my presence. This better not be a knock on my man. No, not at all. It's a knock on the Miz back then. Yo, this is the greatest. So go off, Queen. All right, let's talk about what the boogeyman is. Let's, yeah, pocket worms. Pocket worms so, all day. So, I have been incredibly fascinated for years as to where the boogeyman gets these worms at. Because it seems like he's always got a plethora of worms. And I thought for my whole life that he was just like sticking them in a pocket in his cheek. You know how you take a, uh, what do you call those, a jawbreaker? Yeah. Or and like, you put it in your cheek to let or it he soften was like, up? He was dipping worms. Yeah, I thought he was dipping worms <laughs> this my whole life. Turns out he's got them in his big old deep pockets. Yeah, that's what those he pants He could keep, be keeping money in them pockets, but it's not. It's worms. Yeah, you think he was keeping rare coins or some shit in there? <laughs> no, nah, dude, he's got worms for no, days, that's man. that's Hornswoggler you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, no, Hornswoggle. Corns for days. You know, they call them horn corns for days. Horns, corns. I hope he makes a corn place just because we said that accidentally and starts selling corn and call it, calls it horns, corns. Horns, corns. Horns, corns. Yeah. He's at the fair. He's like, oh, I've got some horns for you. Does he speak Irish? No. But no, this is, yeah, it's totally pocket worms. You know, you have Dale from King of the Hill with the pocket sand. You got Boogeyman with the pocket worms. And don't worry, he uses them because he comes out to the ring and he's like eating worms. Like, yeah, he's he, got a lot. He's he got came more out, worms he got hungry. He <laughs> also, can we talk about his the clock in his intro? That's dope. It's always dope, though. That's it, our usual thing. His intro might be more legendary than The Undertaker's. It's sick, for sure. Honestly, did you notice how some of the worms were yellow worms and some were regular worms? What kind of we're just getting these worms at different spots, and just putting them in his pocket? Yeah, as every he goes. does he go outside the stadium and dig up a bunch of worms before the match, or is he going to several bait shops? Because those were not the same worms. You've hit the nail on the head, kind of. So what he does is he goes town to town with the WWE collects worms he takes some for the night and then he takes some to put in his stash right worm stash exactly and then he like individually he'll like put the state they're from maybe the region if you hold that worm out it'll say the state he writes in sharpie on every worm and after every show he goes to find the prize worm and then he takes the prize worm and he puts it in its own container you know and he like feeds it and then he brings it to worm competitions but he like worm comp yeah, worm comps, bro. But he doesn't dress the same. He'll put on like some slacks, maybe some khakis, you know, a nice button down, and he brings his worm to the worm farm. Worming it. Worm, wormtastic. Worming. Yeah. So that made my heart worm. Ooh, damn! That was that was clever on your part. Thanks. Uh, so anyway, we get a nice little terrible match by The Miz and his pink mohawk, and then he gets worm spit in his mouth. What could be better? I love how in the promo before the match, he was like, yeah, the boogeyman's scared of me. And then as soon as the boogeyman comes out, he's like, oh my God. Oh my God. I and then he's just trying to run away the whole time. buckle shorts. It was almost a squash match. Like, The Miz got in a little bit of offense, so you can't call it a full on, but this match was like two minutes. If you could rebook this, would you bring Miz's dad in to fight with him? Oh, my God. So, let's go ahead and knock this one out as well. Let's rebook this guy real quick. Like, let's rebook this match. Or the Miz in general back then. Why did he have a mohawk? I mean, so the boogeyman is at this time is kind of fiending it. Nobody beats him. He can't, You know what I mean? He just comes out, he surprises everybody, beats them, and spits worms into their mouth. Correct? Yeah, no. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's what he does. Okay. So, if we're rebooking it, it's going to have the same finish. Well, no. So I'm talking more so about the Miz in general back then. 
He he was came off being like a reality TV star and all this. That's his whole thing, though. If you take that away, who is he? Well, no, don't take that away. Play into it more. Like, but he didn't have a mohawk like that. Like, make him like some beefy frat boy almost like that. Yeah. Like some super like athlete who wears like Nike like running shorts and shit like that. Some weirdo. Have him be more like he had. He knew how to talk on a mic, but I don't think his image fit the kind of character he's going for if that yeah, makes sense it makes sense a little bit he looked like a punk guy but he talked like a jock i don't see that as a punk guy i see that as like a hollywood hipster was what i think he was going the for. the mohawk yeah it was like a fashion mohawk and then he had like the weird patchy pants and stuff yeah like that. it was like i didn't feel like it was punk i felt like it was like a hollywood hipster i don't know what a hollywood hipster it was, was. always back then it was like ed hardy and all these bright colors and everybody was just trying to be edgy. You know what I mean? So I felt like he was just in the now. Then he just gets worms spit in his mouth and nobody wants to kiss a worm mouth. Despite our rebooking of him, it doesn't really matter because look where he is now. Stealing money in the bank briefcases from people that really matter. Yep. Damn you, Mizanian. But he does have a re- redeeming quality. His dad's awesome. Oh, man. Go off about his dad real quick. <laughs> Dude, I love his haircut. <laughs> it's one of the things I like. So I've just determined that I'm going to just make all most of my memes from this point forward. Mike Mazanin. Is that his name? Or is it Dale Mazanin? What's Miz's real name? Mazanian or whatever. What's yeah. his, his name Mike? I believe so. Okay, so he's Mike. So I'm pretty Let's sure. Let's go with Derek. I'm pretty sure Dale is the other one's name. His dad's name is Dale, which fits so much more. Because no, I'm pretty like sure that. like it's actually Mike and Mike Sr. I don't think he's Mike, too. I think he's Roy Mizanin. Do you think he looks like a Mike? Let's rebook his name. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be a Dakota. His dad? Yeah, Dakota Jefferson. That's fair, but he's still got to be a Mizanin. So I don't know. I want him to be like a... Walter. I was Walter thinking Mizanin. like a... Yeah, that's fair. Or uh, Ron Mazanin. Ron, Ron always seems like an older man. Chuck. Chuck Mazanin. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Peter Mazanin. Nah, nah. Not a Peter? You don't feel a Peter on there? Maybe Butch. Butch Mazanin. Yep. Don Mazanin. Don's a really good Don, one. I'm actually going to look up his real name. Don really the Dong. What it is. I want to know what the Mazanin family tree comes from. Don the Dong Mazanin. <laughs> Dusty Mazanin. Dusty. Ooh, Dusty's really good too. I'm going to type in Ms. Dad and see if that pops it up. Do you think that'll do it? If it's like Brandon Mazanin. George. George Mazanin. George Mazanin. Golly, that's the best one. And we didn't even think of it. That's my middle name. Really? Yeah. I have a strong name. I know. You should start straightening your hair and dressing like George Mazanin. I'm going to hard pass on that (laughs) entirely. You know what I don't want. You go get some NASCAR shirts from the local Walmart. You could do that. Let's uh instead talk about this little Vicky Guerrero. Does this match make you uncomfortable? The Vicky Guerrero thing, the angle. So yeah, kind of not necessarily in the respect that watching Chris Benoit makes me uncomfortable, but how poorly that the storyline they were working. This is a bad angle to do right after Eddie dies with Chavo and Chris. This is an insensitive angle. Do we want to get into that though? WWE, I do. WWE was really bad at booking storylines. Booking, dude. This is no. just insensitive as fuck. That's this what I'm saying, though. Is, it, dude, it's just like I don't want. It makes me fucking almost tear up looking at her at all, having to go through this. And like, especially when you consider how recently Eddie had died. It just. Well, that's what I'm saying. It they always makes did. me sick. Like, I love to be the lighthearted guy and be fun. But this shit makes me fucking sick, dude. This isn't the first time they've done screwed up shit like this. They did that with uh, Eddie and Ray with the custody of Dominic match. Like, they, in this time period, had a bad habit of, like, taking it too far and trying to uh Well, I guess if you're playing the game, the... though, you could do the same thing with Rusev, Lana, and Bobby Lashley. It's a gross angle, dude. Oh, I never supported that from day one. I it's thought it was like bullshit. It's just they've always done these angles where it's like, marriage is not something to fuck around with. And instead, they and just like take death is nothing to fuck around with, and uh, children are nothing to fuck around with. Well, that's why I always like tread lightly with Big Boss Man because you have the 
scene where you know he dragged out uh, Big Show's dad's coffin and stuff like that. Did you know your boy Paul got done like that? No. Oh man, you're gonna hate Big Boss Man. Well, we're about to watch him next week, so we'll get a bill of early ones. He's in that pay per view. Oh yeah, we will watch him early, early Big Show, Boss Man. But yeah, do you want to talk about this match? So I do, honestly. Like, I need to get it off my chest. Like, we could talk together, though. I don't want to do it by myself. But yeah, no. So it's just like I get the angle, but it's like it's just it's uncomfortable and it's weird. And to be honest, I don't think this is a pop match. Like, this is a middle of the card match for what, dude? I mean, the ring work was not bad. We have to talk about when Chris suplexed Chavo eight times back to back. It's to back. dope. It was cool. It, it, honestly, the thing is like. The back end of that match, like the first half of it, I hated it because I felt like Chris wasn't in on it. He didn't really want to be there. He didn't. His boy just died, dude. He doesn't want to fucking be there. Yeah, you could tell he was. I had some funny little spots about his pants. You know what I mean? I don't want to talk about his pants though. This is just a disgusting, gross angle, dude. And like the match, I can see he's in pain. He doesn't want to fucking be there. And then when they bring Vicky into it as well. It's like, it's, it honestly, it, it's just, there's times in both spots where you see clips of their faces and it's like, why are we doing this, dude? Like, why are we here? It honestly made me want to skip the match. Like, that's how I felt. It made me feel like in Butterfly Effect when that dog gets killed. Oh, man. Why I just wanted to turn the shit off. Yeah, no, and that's, I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, who in their right mind decided to book this, let alone put these people? Like, they should it's have It's disrespectful had... as fuck to Eddie, too. Like, it's just bad all the way around. There's nothing about it that's redeemable from the moment. It, it, none of it. None of it. Like, Chavos shouldn't be there either. It's a bad angle to put him into. I don't know why they were even there. They should have been home. Morning or something. I understand that you got to work and your how you get through things is by wrestling, especially if you're Chris Benoit. Well, it's so like today I watched this interview. I won't say who, but someone was like, anytime anything happens in the ring, WWE will take care of it. You know, WWE takes care of me. And I wonder how much WWE pushes like, hey, you better not say anything bad about us to convince someone that they'll be taken care of when you see instances like this where people are suffering. WWE had a choice and an opportunity to prevent this, but instead they're exploiting it for their gain. You know, you see Chris in pain. You see Vicky in pain. You see Chavo in pain. What is the line, though? Like, where is the line? Is there no part of any of their heads are like, okay, this is too far? Well, you have to think about that, or especially Chris. He was a workaholic, so he's putting his head down. He's just doing what he has to do Not to pay them. his family. I'm talking about the writers. Is there no part where they're like, maybe this is a bad idea? At all. Like, everything I see him do, it's like, how do you not know that this is a bad angle? What's even worse is, how does Vince pass off on this and say, hey, I think this is a good idea? But then you go back and you watch this stuff, you see so many poorly written angles, and you're like, man, maybe they should have not done this entirely. But instead, we're sitting here going, wow, maybe some of the stuff I so fondly remember shouldn't be so fondly remembered. And this isn't anyone's fault except the people who wrote it, like, I don't blame Chris. I don't blame Chavo. I don't blame Vicky. It wasn't their fault, and they did their best. Like Chris went out there and did what he did best. He wrestled a great match, but he was dying on the inside the entire time. Right. I don't think Chavo wanted it either, to be honest. No, not he at all. Have his head in there either. I don't know. It just it's it honestly, the re- repercussions of what they were doing honestly ruined the match for me. Like it made it hard to watch. Like I watched through the whole match. The suplex thing was cool. There was a couple cool spots off the ropes. But to be honest, like it's just made me feel gross the whole time. More gross than the lingerie match later. And good thing we don't even have to talk about that. Right, right. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take a break and uh, try to bring the spirits back up when we get back. All right, we're back from break, and I'm going to try to wake up for y'all. And we're going to go ahead and talk about this week in wrestling. So, first and foremost, AEW Full Gear. Taylor refused to watch it. And by refused to watch it, I mean he just couldn't watch it because he's a broke bitch. But I had him covered most of the time when he could actually come over. Tell me what you think, Taylor, because I know you're not an AEW guy. Okay, so Kenny Omega's the truth. I told you, we man. You all, asked me about him a, a while ago. We can all agree on that. He is doing some of the best wrestling that we're seeing right now, right? Him and Hangman Page, bro, they went to hell. That entire card, though, like Cody versus Darby Allen, absolute banger. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston, banger of a match. 
FTR versus Young Bucks. Banger. Well, from what I understand, they're doing it right. They're letting have people have freedom to do whatever they want in matches. And that's the way to go. Yeah, I know. And it really shows. And there's going to be so many people who talk shit about it. I hate when I see people are like, hey, fuck AEW or hey, fuck NXT. Like, all these brands, there is so much good wrestling coming out right now that I'm just happy that Monday I can watch great wrestling. Tuesday I can watch great wrestling. Mm -hmm. Wednesday and Thursday because I can't always watch both at the same time. I can watch wrestling. Friday I watch wrestling. Like, Saturday or Sunday, depending if there's an event, I get to watch wrestling. It's awesome. And I feel like sometimes people don't really realize what they get because of how much great wrestling we get. And Saturday was one of the best pay-per-views of the year, without question. I don't know about that, but it was good. And that Matt Hardy shit at the end was incredible. Let's talk about the Elite Deletion. It was a masterpiece. And I love that we saw Hurricane Helms, and it's only appropriate that we're going to talk about him kind of in just a minute, just not so hurricane -y. And Gangrel. Yo, dude, I marked out so hard for Gangrel. Like, who would have expected that? I mean, it actually makes a little bit of sense when you consider the universe involved. Yeah. But still, it was a nice little treat. I was just excited to see him get to finish his project. We cannot forget our boy, Senior Benjamin, coming through. Let's push him to the moon, baby. Yep. No. I love it, dude. I loved every bit of that. You got some fireworks. You got some wrestling. You got some cameos from some people that you love. All I'm saying is, if you don't watch AEW, I understand. If you're really on the fence or if you just have nothing to do on a Thursday night and you want to watch some wrestling, find an older episode online or some shit like that and go ahead and watch it because you're going to be pleasantly surprised. It may not be your number one choice, but it's definitely a good option if you want more. That's all I'm going to say. You know what I would think would be funny? If, if Sammy Guevara comes back broken. That would be cool, but I'm still very much on the fence about Sammy. But if, if he comes back with a new gimmick, a broken gimmick, he wouldn't be interested, though? I'm very on the fence about him as a person. What did he do? He made very bad comments about Sasha Banks. What did he say? That he'd, like, rape her or something to that extent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Golly. So, yeah, I'm... Very much on the fence about him. They oh. keep pushing him, but it went to sensitivity training and everything Who like cares? that. Who cares? You don't say stuff like that. Everybody knows that. Yeah, no, I agree a thousand percent. So Especially not about Sasha, because we'll come for you. Exactly. So this isn't an episode of Why'd You Bring That Up, though, so we'll save that for a later time. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So back to the Cardi. Well, no. I want to talk about something really funny. Okay. We were talking about Impact. We've been watching current Impact. Moose. Just carrying around this World Heavyweight Championship. And I don't know if he got the, like, newsflash. But that's not a title. They're like, hey, Moose. You know that's not a real title, right? He's like, what do you mean it's not a real title? I'm holding it, aren't I? <laughs> do you have any, like, feelings about this? Like, is someone going to, like, actually give him the message? Or are they going to, like, just... They did give him the message. They already told him. He doesn't understand. <laughs> They're just it's kind of like Milton in office space. They already told him he's fired. But he's still he's, there. He's still there. He's he just loyal. keeps coming to work. He's undefeated as a champion, man. <laughs> so you guys are just going to move me down to the basement. And you're going to take my stapler away. Yeah. Okay. All right. Don't take his belt away, though. <laughs> I really have hope for Moose, though. I really love that whole angle. I think that's fun. The Moose angle? Yeah. It's M Moose running around beating everybody up. Just holding a title? Yeah. Well, being really, title. being very mediocre on the mic in the best way. <laughs> it's fun. Go, Moose. I don't even mind it. So, yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about Shane Helms now. Wait, before we go on to that, I want to watch this Bill Goldberg Santa movie. Do you think it's going to suck? Probably. It's like a direct-to-DVD movie, I believe. But it's, I was told that it's a good slasher movie, and it's fun. Then how about this? You have some homework. I want you to watch that, and this time next week, you're going to tell me about it. Okay. Are you should give me like a rating or something? Yeah. I, I saw a picture of it. It looks I, like dog shit. Bill Goldberg has hair. Yeah, that's natural. And by <laughs> natural, I mean it's not natural at all. <laughs> he has a beard, too. It's probably all CGI. Do you think he can only grow a certain length beard, or do you think he trims it? I think it's all low-budget CGI, if we're being honest. <laughs> what if Bill Goldberg was not jacked at all, and actually they just CGI'd him every time he was on a screen? Didn't Don't you know the story behind that? 
because what you just said is not real. But I'd like to think it is. That's fair. It'd be funny as hell. He was just like a middle-aged chubby guy. That's kind of how he is now, though. No, he's not. He's still jacked. He'd still rip my throat out of my neck. He's a chubby middle-aged guy in my heart, though. Yeah. Forever a chubby middle-aged guy. I'd probably hang out with Goldberg. Not a huge fan of his wrestling, but he seems like he'd be a pretty cool guy to crack open a, a natty ice with. I feel like he'd open up a Colorado Kool-Aid Coors Light and be like, hey, this is the best beer ever. And then he would talk about motorcycles and muscle cars. He'd listen to like some Blue Oyster Cult no, or something like that. No, I was like thinking that. he'd be more like an 80s metal guy. Imagine him listening to like Rat by himself. And he just shakes his non existent. How about hair. Alice Cooper? Oh, I love Alice Cooper. I'm with Bill Goldberg on that. Bill Goldberg and his obsession with Alice Cooper. I love Alice Cooper. I guess that's my impression of Bill Goldberg. This did not sound like him at all. That was spot on. What do you mean? You <laughs> could be a Bill Goldberg voice actor if you truly wanted to. What do you think? He's more deep. He's like, I love Alice Cooper. That nail on the head, baby. You do one. What do you think he sounds like? I don't want to. <laughs> I'm just going to decline that. Thank you very much. But I'm not going to decline this Gregory Helms, Jimmy Wang Inc. match. It was... A match. Jimmy this Wang is my thing. is the best. This match got 11 minutes. Who made that call? I'm not sure. Was it deserved? Yes. But here's my problem with Jimmy Wang Yang. The gimmick is stupid as hell. No, it's not. It's the funniest thing in the world. It's like Jacqueline and Impact. They could have done some bullshit and put him in a karate suit or some shit like WWE would usually do. Or they could book him in like fight trunks. And with his wrist taped. They and already have done that. With, not back then. With Tahiri Bushall. It's not yes. lose your accent. It takes away J's and H's. And it worked really well. It worked fine, but do you need another Tajiri? Here's the difference between him and Tajiri. Jimmy Wang Yang spoke really good English. You could have done so many things. You could have made him like a jetly badass. That was around the time you of the one. You don't find it funny when he hits Shane in the ropes in the corner and he goes, Hee! You don't think that's funny. That's I, not funny to you. I think I'm just one of those guys who doesn't need comedy wrestling. I do. In the ring. He's like, hilarious. Like, don't get me wrong. I like comedy when it's well played. I love that they play the angle of him being a redneck, too. And the commentators are, like, arguing. Like, JBL is, like, legitimately like, I don't like this. This ain't from Texas. And he's like, well, he's a redneck. Aren't you a redneck? He's like... Yeah, but that ain't my kind of redneck. He's like, dude, you can't do that. He's a redneck just like you. You know, you do have a fair point, but I think it's how you present him. It's funny. Why is he wearing assless chaps, though? Because it's funny. And he has jeans under him. Yeah, but assless chaps, boy. It's funny. You is have it, to though? push the cowboy angle. In the bet. What does a cowboy wear? A hat. He rocks a dumb cowboy mustache. And he wears assless chaps with spurs on the boots. But imagine if he wore, like, cowboy-themed fight shorts. No. Come on. Nope. He has to have the assless chaps. They're part of his ring attire, and that's what makes him funny. You know, live your best life. He's Jimmy Wang Yang. I Say think his they name, put the, damn it. I think they put the Jimmy in there just so he would be a redneck. What do you think his real name is? <laughs> Not that. It's, it's probably Peter. like Steve Johnson. And they were probably like, you know what? I don't really like Steve Johnson. Jimmy Wang Yang. And he's like, wow. Really? The Wang Yang? You're going to do me like that? Like I'm a bull. He's hilarious. Nothing funnier than Jimmy Wang Yang in this entire pay-per-view. And The Miz is in it. And I mean, The Miz back then was an absolute joke. <laughs> it was a big mohawk. Yeah, but Gregory Holmes, he's great in this match. And in my opinion, he definitely carries Jimmy Wang Yang because Jimmy oh. Wang Yang was green. He was a younger guy. He was good, but I don't think he was nearly as good as Gregory Holmes. Carry all the cool spots came from Jimmy Wang Yang. Not all of them at Pretty all. Pretty much all of them. No, nah, dude, you got to see a different Gregory Holmes because he wasn't like strapped with the hurricane gimmick where he had to be like a gimmicky, funny wrestler like Jimmy Wang Yang. Yeah, he got to be serious and he got to be a badass. And I don't think many people talk about that he run didn't nearly get as over much. Super hard as like he should have probably. He yeah, he really deserved more than that. But everyone Maybe loved the hurricane. They packaged him as a superhero for fucking ten years. And you, sometimes you just can't outgrow those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, to this day, literally Saturday, he relived that gimmick. And I mean, I understand, but sometimes you just want to see people if thrive. If he would have came as Shane, though, do you think he would have gotten the same pop as he would have as Hurricane? I mean, he did come as Shane in the uh, original deletion. Both, right? 
Was he both in this one too because of the waters? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. They made the connection in the match too. Even though uh, your boy Wang Yang went off, Gregory Helms won. Of course he did, because they're never going to give it to the person that deserves it. He Wang did Yang deserve it. deserves everything. Are you now a Wang Yang guy? I'm a Wang Yang guy. Wang Yang 2020. Let me go ahead and find you a Wang Yang shirt. You have oh, to wear it every week. Yep. Wang Yang 2024. All right, so we're getting kind of towards the main event. This is the main event in my eyes, actually, because I was not impressed with what How they put dare off you? last. You are a John Cena mark. Yeah. How dare you? Well, he wears your shirt that you have at this household. That I also had when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> I bought it on eBay for did like twelve bucks. Did you think Undertaker looked good in this match? He did. He looked really good. He looked healthy. He looked like he was in good shape. Nobody plays the part better than Undertaker. From the <laughs> moment he steps foot out of that tunnel, so, nobody plays the part better. Ken Kennedy is a wrestling tragedy in my eyes because every time I watch him. I am impressed. He is such a great heel, mm-hmm. but he has ruined his wrestling career from everything I understand. I believe he's wrestling in NWA right now, and I'm like not trying to like talk bad on him, but like every time I see him, he's like going from wrestling promotion to wrestling promotion. You know, he was an impact forever. Then he's been in like he was running the Indies. I mean, when he wrestled David Arquette. Now he's in NWA, like he was in WWE, he's going from promotion to promotion, and I just want to see him succeed. And I don't know if we'll ever get like a major Ken Kennedy yeah, or Ken Anderson, excuse Probably me. Probably not, to be honest, though. He's very good at everything, though. You're not wrong. There's something about that intro, that introduction he gives himself. You just can tell the man is all natural charisma, and he has that. You know who when that I was, it factor. So when I was a kid, I used to watch like the 80s stuff on the VHSs. And uh, I kind of, like, I equipped him with Mr. Perfect for some reason. I can get that. He has that same, like... So, like, when I watched him the other day, I honestly thought for a minute it was Mr. Perfect. And then I realized that there's no way that's a possibility because that was, like, way, way earlier. But, like, it's kind of a weird thing. You know what I mean? Like, wrestlers from different eras that kind of, like, weirdly resemble each other. Yeah, no, and he like he brought that same energy to the table, I believe, where he's like, yeah, I'm better than you, and, and also, I want you to know they it. both were really good in ring. They were. They were, and I mean, he still is from my understanding, but this was an absolute war between him and The Undertaker. That spot off the castle was sick. Yeah, and that was the thing. It's like there were some ridiculous spots that you don't expect Undertaker to take, but he definitely got thrown in. Like, what? Oh, he definitely. It, it looked like a futon mattress yeah it was a mat it was a safe a very safe drop which i'm okay with yeah no let's not kill the undertaker (laughs) i'm okay with it that chair he gave him in the head though was not a safe spot not at all he busted his head with that also how are you gonna do the same gimmick twice where you throw undertaker in the hearse and he like attacks kenny kennedy at least the second time he got in the hearse it was underwhelming though to me because i expected ken to rise up one more time what I wanted was one more round. Like, you know, he comes back twice, and then he beats the dog shit out of him. Well, I mean, the entire match, it's not like Ken Kennedy didn't get any offense. He word taker a good chunk of but that But for match. the last five minutes, Undertaker was just beating him senseless. Well, that's how Undertaker puts people I over. know he does. I know he does. But I expected when Undertaker got in the driver's seat for a pop. From Ken, and it didn't happen. And you it know, kind of honestly disappointed me. I expected it too, but at the end of the day, they finished it the way they did. I think a couple camera angles were too long in that sequence, though, and it really took that match from being great at the end to like kind of lame and corny in that last yeah. 10 seconds. Do you know what I'm talking about? But I love the pile driver on the top of the hearse. You know what I mean? It was like, a great there's, spot. There's a bunch of cool stuff. Like, he, Peppered in throughout this whole when thing. he rolled off the hearse, though, it made me feel like he had a little bit more gas in the tank. But then, like you said, doesn't happen, and then we just see him roll off in the sunset. Mm-hmm. Question about the Undertaker, which I don't really know the answer to, so if it's a stupid question, uh, hate me forever. Um, so the little rope thing he does, not in this, but like you know what I'm talking about. Wait, the old walks school? on the yeah, it's called? old school. Did he stop doing that when he got older? I think I've seen him use it in the last five years. Okay. I want to say that. I don't know if I've seen him do it in the last match or two, 
but I feel like in the so least the last one does it reasonably because that always came to me as being like super dangerous. Yeah, that's such a cool move. But I've only seen. I know when he wrestled CM Punk, he, I think he did it because CM Punk did it as well. Yeah, and I think he's done it at least one time since then. It's such a cool little weird move for somebody that big to do. Yeah, there's only been like one or two people that I've seen do it, and it's. It always gets a pop for me. I love that sequence. All right. Well, at least it wasn't a dumb question. Not at all. And then, yeah, so now we're going to get to this main event. And, oh, so, yeah, this skipped a match, if you want to call it a match. Uh, it's a lingerie show, and to be honest, me and Will don't do that. Not that we don't. Unless it has, what Taylor is trying to say, unless it doesn't, unless it has pudding involved, he wants no business about well, it. Well, that was a wrestling match. This is a lingerie show. I don't want, listen, I have no interest in seeing women in their underwear. Like, I like women in their underwear, fine. But I'm an adult, and I'm I an have. I'm an adult, and I have a wife, and I have kids. To be honest, miss me with this. Yeah, no, entirely. I'm not a 16-year-old boy. And I'm not a 40-year-old pervert. This is not my demographic. Miss me with this. And I'm very glad that they don't pull shit like this anymore. Because how are you going to have such a distinguished women's division doing such great things now and pretend like this never happened? Why don't you thank Paige for that? Because I feel like she kind of pushed that out when she started actually wrestling people. (laughs) Well, Paige, you got to think. There was more than just Paige, though. You have Paige. You have AJ Lee. You have Beth Phoenix. Yeah. There was a lot of people who laid the foreground, who laid the path, and then Paige did take the ball There's been a lot of five-star women's matches in the last few years, too, I feel like. There's been a lot of women's matches that are better than men's matches, Mm -hmm. without question. We know how much you love Bailey and Sasha. Bailey and Sasha, and honestly, TNA, too. Yeah, no, TNA. Got a handful of good women's wrestlers. TNA's women's division is excellent. Strong. Very strong. That is one of their highlights. I don't care what you say. I think we've gloated on TNA's women's section about two or three podcasts in a row. It's okay. Um, I'm here to defend it till the day I die. Well, at least until the day it's not successful anymore. So then we're going to get to what I feel like should have been the co main event this tag team match between John Cena and Batista taking on King Booker and Finley. So here's the thing. In theory, this is a great match because you have four people who are pretty solid, aside from Batista, and it should have been a good match. Like the thing is, they were relying on the fact that it was Batista and John Cena teaming up for the first time ever, and they were both the champions. It's kind of annoying though because you honestly already know who's gonna win. You know what I mean? Because it's John Cena and Batista. And are they going to have him lose to an old Irish dude in Booker T? Probably not. Hey, man, you throw some respect on Finley's name. <laughs> I love Finley. I, I love Finley. Doesn't sound like you love Finley. But the thing is, you're not going to let him beat the two champions with Booker T. It's not going to happen. That's not how WWE books. Fine. Sh- sh- sue me. I'm going to sue you right now. You should check your mail. If he loves to fight loss. so much, then he can fight me in the in the comments of this video. But it, it, you can't really fight me because Finley would rip me apart. As soon as you get to the actual match, though, you just see they're trying to give John his spots. They're trying to give Batista their spots. And because it's a SmackDown pay-per-view, of course, Batista specifically is going to get the win. Sorry to spoil it so early. But yes, John and Batista win. Because just like Taylor said, you're not going to give the win to King Booker and Finley because they are the heels. They are the obvious mm-hmm. heels. When I was a kid, I hated the King Booker gimmick, but when I go back and look at it, I really loved he it did it kid. so See, well. As a as a casual, like I was in and out on this, and I loved it. See, Booker T was so charismatic and always was great. He was one of those people that really didn't even need a gimmick. He was just an interesting person to watch. But he also had a lot of good one-liners. If you go through the list of people that have great one-liners, he's got a lot of them. Exactly. And think about how many cool gimmicks he was actually a part of. Yes, he was a part of that racist Triple H angle, but he was also part of that sick-ass uh, Stone Cold angle where they fought in the grocery store. I love Booker T as a person, so when I was a kid, I didn't think the King Booker gimmick was necessary, and I thought it was played out. Also, I feel like he gives a five-star match with just him and somebody else, and they never let him shine when it comes down to him with multiple amounts of people. He looked like really good enhancement talent in this match. So did Finley. And that's what their purpose was. And Booker T left WWE shortly after this. I see. I can remember back to that pay-per-view that you didn't really like with him and Triple H. And I love that match. 
I know that there was a lot of shit with the commentary that was kind of annoying. But, like, they put on a great fucking match together. And it's because Booker T is great in a ring. And even though he did get his little spots in this match, you didn't get to see Booker T shine like he should. Also, Finley's a weird fourth in this. Like, I really like him, but this is not my favorite place for him. Because he's way smaller than everybody else. All of them are, like, upwards of 6'4", except for him. Also, I don't understand why Finley was in that match and he didn't even take the pin. Why did you put Batista over Booker when you could have had him pin Finley? Right. How does that put over Booker in any instance? You're trying to make him a top heel. Or at least you would imagine you're trying this, to make him a top this heel. This also, if he's like you said, where they're pushing the, the moves of the people that they want to push is kind of reminds me of like late Hulk Hogan too. The way that they're doing John Cena, it's like... You know exactly what's happening, and he's rattling off all his finishes one after another. You know what I mean? It's like he puts him in the over the head. What do you call that? You know the, the, the attitude adjustment. Yeah, it's just like, and then he gets the SCF. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we know all what's gonna happen next. We know exactly where you're going. Well, once they hit that gold with Cena, that's how they treated him always, and they just had him rattle off his finishers, and it got lame out to a point. It's super lame. Bad writing. This is a theme in this pay per view. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, Ugh. but it's maybe it's because it's a SmackDown only pay per view and they they're allowed to be a little more hokey. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. Uh, so, do you have anything else about this match? All I really want to mention is you know Hornswoggle shows up. Hell yeah, my favorite little man. But he looked so high when he walked into the ring. <laughs> he was. His eyes were barely on his face. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have commentary. They keep him under the ring, like. <laughs> Dude, how long? Like, does he get there when they build the ring? Like, I'm not dumb. That that's ring's a, not there for like. It's not like that ring is always. That's in that a arena. real good question, though. Does he come in like before the pay per view, or does he sneak out like really, really quietly while they're doing the intros? This is what I'd like to think. They have like a duffel bag that they keep under the ring at all times. So when the ring crew breaks down the ring, they keep the duffel bag with the ring stuff. So he's in that duffel bag with the ring. <laughs> and so when they build the ring, they bring that duffel bag and like Finley makes sure to be a part of the ring crew. So if anyone tries to open up the duffel bag, he's like, no, I got don't. five that he could beat your butt, though. Do you think Hornswoggle could beat you up? Maybe in a work shoot. Yeah. No, in a yard match. I think I can remember one for his buddy. You think so? I practiced my power bombs back in the day. He's got training. So do I. You probably just go for your old knees. Dude, my old knees? How old old do you think I am, Taylor? You're not, but your knees are. Yeah, you're right. So is my back. (laughs) It's okay. I'm going to start strength conditioning them. That's why you don't see any of those kind of wrestlers anymore. Next week when we watch that pay-per-view, you're going to see a lot of -of out-of-body wrestlers. We're going to see a lot of dead wrestlers. Oh, there's almost the whole card's dead, dude. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us for another episode of Jaded Wrestling. If you haven't already, go like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Jaded Wrestling. You can follow our personal Twitters at Godfieri and at TaylorHassler1. Make sure you tell your friends, your mom, and tell your dog. I'm pretty sure on Apple Music you can rate and leave a review, so it would be super cool if you could do that or follow us on Spotify. Keep an eye out for new mini episodes on Wednesday and a new full episode next Friday where we watch Survivor Series 1990. Till next time, we'll see you on Wednesday, brother. Yeah, yep.